All right. All right. Luke chapter number 14, if you will, and uh, when you find it, if you'll stand with me. You can tell real quick that we're serious about serving God. You come in on Wednesday night, we got a sermon about what is a fundamentalist. I tell you what, that sermon right there, take that, keep that. You're, you're going to need that. We're serious. We have fun. We do skits. We play games. But we take preaching serious. And uh, I do. It's, it's what I do. It's my life. Uh, those who, in here who have played sports, when you played for a team, you, know, you practiced, you got up early, you ate certain foods, drank certain foods. Why? Because that, 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 you were prepared for that. Preaching is my life. Everything's a sermon. Every vacant building is a possible church. Every, soul, every person you run into, has, you have the opportunity to win them to Christ. That's what I do. It's who I am. And uh, Luke chapter number 14 is where we're going to read from. I'm going to talk to you today about serving the Lord. I'm going to be frank. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be up front. That's the way I deal. That's the way I do business. Um, when I came here as youth pastor, my very first service, I made a promise to my youth group. I said, I'm going to be 100% real and up front with you. And all I ask is that you be 100% real and up front with me. I'm going to be straight to the point. Luke chapter 14, verse number 28, the Bible says, And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you intending to build a tower sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it? Lest haply... After, that, that word happily doesn't mean happily. It means oops. Lest happily, after he hath laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that behold it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. We had a lot of fun just now. I got my brains knocked out by that big boxing glove. To be honest, I see about 700 uh, uh, people here, uh, not you, the other 700. Uh, and um, so, but, uh, but we brought you here, your youth pastor, your church sacrificed for you to be here because they believe God's still calling young people into the ministry. They believe that God still wants to use you to reach others. That God still wants to use you to win souls and change lives. Not them, you. I want to try to help you today. I'm going to talk about the cost the cost of serving God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, please. God, help my mind to just focus. Help everyone's mind to focus just on these next few minutes. And God, I pray that just like you did for me, that Lord, there'd be a young man here tonight that would hear this message, would count the cost and decide to surrender all to your will. I pray there'd be a young lady under the sound of my voice, God, struggling with what to do with their life. That they would count the cost and decide it's worth it to serve you. Please, God, help me. Holy Spirit, fill me. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. I have four statements. That's it. And we'll be finished. Number one, there is always a cost to serving God. 
I don't know how God is going to use you. Maybe he'll have you be a pastor. Maybe he'll have you be a missionary. Maybe he'll have you be an evangelist. Maybe he'll have you be a Christian school teacher. Maybe he'll have you work in the prisons or into the youth, into, uh, youth detention centers. Maybe he'll have you go into the public schools and, uh, and preach to them. I don't know how God is going to use you, but what I do know is I've seen hundreds both with me, around me, and under me, that I have seen called to preach as a young man or called to preach as a teenager, not even make it to Bible college. I've seen hundreds more come to Bible college, get to Bible college, only to quit on God there. Why? Were they all bad people? No. Were they all not called of God? No, some were. What happened? I think what happened is these young men and and these young ladies didn't do what this man in Luke 14 did. They didn't count the cost. I'm for making you surrendering your life to Christ a big deal. But can I tell you something? If you think that when you walk down the aisle at camp or at youth conference or wherever it was and you said, God, I'm surrendering my life to you. Here it is. You can have all of me. If you think that was it, like that's it, you go back. You're, hey, I'm, I'm arrived. I'm surrendered. Those of you who became seniors this year and you're going to make life-changing decisions in the next five months, you know that wasn't the end. You know that was just the beginning. There's always a cost to serving God. At Calvary, Jesus paid for our sins. Our salvation, yes, free to us, but not free to Jesus Christ. Not only did He pay for my salvation, but He paid the cost for me to be able to preach the gospel. The reason that I can preach the gospel. What is the gospel? The gospel is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Before I could ever be called to preach the gospel, somebody had to die, somebody had to be buried, and somebody had to resurrect. That somebody was Jesus Christ. He paid the cost so that I could do what I'm doing right now. Not only did it cost him for me to preach, it cost me. Mark chapter 10, Peter told Jesus, we've left all to follow thee. They left their careers, they left their homes, they left their wealth, they left their family. What about Noah? He lost his house, his property, his friends, his business, his relatives. Every material possession Noah owned, gone. Why? Because he decided to follow God. What about Jacob? He wrestled with the angel, the first Wrestlemania, amen, in the Bible. Jacob and the angel, and the angel slapped the figure forward leg lock, praise God, on Jacob. And listen to me. Jacob walked with a limp the rest of his life. As a reminder, if you're going to walk with God, if you're going to follow God, if you're going to surrender to God, it's going to cost you something. David anointed the king, yet he was hunted by Saul and 3,000 hired hitmen. For seven years he hid in those caves in those mountains. And he found out that just because he came to an altar at a youth conference or a camp and he got anointed uh, a preacher boy or anointed a missionary or anointed surrendered to God or anointed your life is surrendered to Christ, he found out that it still cost to serve God. It cost those men. It cost me. Preacher alluded to it as he was introducing me. It cost me. I took chemistry in high school. I hated it. Till I learned it. Then I loved it. Chem 1, Chem 2, AP chemistry, which is college chemistry in high school. 
Ace tomorrow. My grade got me a job at a local engineering firm. I loved it. I tested, I tested concrete, uh, uh, coal, uh, uh, water uh, quality and all that. I loved it. I loved what I was doing. I couldn't believe I got paid for that. And uh, I excelled at it. I was good. They were going to send me for my concrete training, which means I would be on the job site when they were doing a bridge. And I'd be testing the concrete for air and slump and all that. I know it's like Greek up here to you all, but it's important to me, or it was. Then I went to a youth conference, something like this. They had skits and they had games, but you know what else they had? They had preaching. And they just didn't have preaching that was like, ha, 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 that guy's funny. It was preaching that was like, hey, find your path and don't let the ways get you off the path. Hey, this is what a fundamentalist is. Decide to be a fundamentalist. God called me to preach. I was 17 years old. I loved chemistry and engineering, but I surrendered to preach. I was a junior, or I'm sorry, I was a senior going into my senior year. I was preparing for college. My boss, my teachers all wrote letters of recommendation for me to be accepted at the University of Kentucky College of Engineering. Four years, paid everything. Transportation cabinet used to offer a scholarship. You had to work for them for five years, but they'd pay for your school. That's where I wanted to work anyway. Work 20 years and retire, right? And when you work for the state, it's not really work anyway, right? That's what I was shooting for anyway. I got accepted. I had a tough decision. On one hand, I had free tuition to the University of Kentucky. I had a $100,000 a year salary probably. At least that's what I was shooting for. I had job security. I had success. And I would have loved the job. On the other hand, there was that night when I came to an altar... And I, I didn't say, God, I'll be a preacher or a missionary or event. Here's what I said. As I stood there with all those other guys, I said, God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. And before I got back to my seat, God told me he wanted to be a preacher. He didn't say who, so I preached to everybody. Okay? I prayed. I reasoned. I tried to justify not following God's call. I tried to call it an emotional decision. I tried to say I was baited because the conference was so long and so early and so late and I was just tired and I didn't know what I was doing. I thought about taking back my surrender, but you know what? I had to pay a cost. I had to pay a cost. What I wanted, my plans, my desires... I had to decide to walk away from me and that I was going to pay the cost and be a preacher. I came to Bible college. I worked 50 hours a week. I paid my own tuition. When I got out of school, uh, I went on two survey trips with preacher, and, and there was no way to start a church where I wanted to start a church. It wasn't going to happen. I thought, but then God, hey, God's will is awesome, by the way. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to discourage you this morning. I'll come back to that. God's will is awesome. He takes care of you. A church called me to be their pastor. They're here. Their pastor and, and them are here uh, today. They called me to be a pastor two weeks before I graduated. How about that for job security, huh? There was a cost. You see, I didn't go to UK for four years. I'm not an engineer this morning. I still study chemistry when my youth group needs me to help them. But see, there was a cost to serve God. 
And if you're here this morning and you've surrendered your life to Christ, let me tell you something. There's a cost for you to keep that surrender. And I want to tell you straight up, I'm not looking for 100 preacher boys in my youth group. I'm looking for 100 preacher boys that get out of my youth group and 10 years from now bring their young people back to this church. Does that make sense? I'm not looking for a group of young men or young ladies that can serve God in their Christian school. I'm looking for a group of young ladies that will serve God in their Christian school, but when they get out, they'll still serve God. That will cost you. That's not free. Some of you know you've lost the friends. When you made that trip to the altar, before you got back, you saw the looks from your friends. And some of you haven't made the decision because the person you're sitting beside right now, you're afraid of how they'll look at you. I said, number one, there's a cost to serve God. Number two, you do not get to choose the cost. Many people want to choose. They'll say, I'll give up this, but but, but, but I don't know about this. They'll say, oh, I'll pay this, Lord. I'll, I, this can be the cost, but, but not this. They'll say, I'll surrender to this, but God, I'm not going there. Oh, God, I'll do this, but I'm not being a preacher. You don't get to choose the cost. You see, you can't pay a career as an engineer. That's not your cost. You can't pay rap music. That was my cost. You can't give up a full ride to a state university. That was my cost. Billy Sunday's cost was baseball. And every man of God in this room knows that they've paid a cost to serve God, and they didn't get to choose it. For some, it's their besetting sin. They have to finally shred that thing and get right with God. Some, it's lucrative careers. Some, it's a love of a sport. Some, it's a love of a person. Some, it's a hobby. Some, it's a desire. I don't know what your cost is, and all I know is, is there will be a cost if you're going to serve God. And second of all, I know you can't pick the cost. You see, if you could pick the cost, it wouldn't really be a cost. It's like when you're giving away clothes to your brother or sister. What do you give them? The ones you don't want. Am I right? When, when God came to Abraham and said, hey, I need you to offer a sacrifice. And I need you to offer your son. I, I would almost think Abraham would freely say, okay, I, I mean, hey, I'll give Ishmael the bad news. <laughs> you laugh, you laugh, but that's the way I would have thought. Well, how about Hagar, God? You know what a problem she's been. I'll just sacrifice her. God said, you don't get the pick. I do. And he said, bring Isaac. God said, I choose. A preacher took a new church. The church was in debt. Had 30 people in attendance. Had a Christian school, and that Christian school was full of rebels and sin. Blatantly breaking the rules, openly sinful. Pastor rolled up his sleeves, and five years later, the church was out of debt. The church had grown, but the school, still full of rebels. He had school revivals, conferences, special speakers, still hard-hearted, fake, rebellious, sinful teenagers. One summer, the teens went to camp, and the pastor's daughter came back home, and here's what she told her dad. She said, Dad, at camp, I surrendered my life to do whatever I need to do to have revival in our school. 
Well, the pastor was for it. He had been working on it for five years. That August, or that summer before school started, the pastor was in his office studying, and an ambulance raced by. Sirens rang through the pastor's office. He jumped up. He ran out, and he watched the ambulance. That day, that pastor would do something that no parent should have to do. He held his dying daughter as that day she took her last breath as she was the one in the car accident. The death of that pastor's daughter sent a revival through the school and not just the school, the church. I've been to that pastor's office. His little memory corner, a little memory table in the corner of his office. And I've heard him say, not to me, but on tape, that there were times he would fall in, on his knees in front of that little table and he in front of her picture and say, God, I didn't sign up for this. I don't want to pay this price. God, please, give me my little girl back. I heard him say later, I didn't get to choose the price. She didn't get to choose the price. Now, I'm, I'm in no way at, uh, a privilege. It's a privilege for me to tell that story. But that young lady surrendered her life to change her school, and she did. But she didn't pick the cost. That preacher who wanted his church and his school to change, to get right, he didn't pick the cost. Now that church is a growing, thriving church. Bills are paid. Teens are surrendering to the ministry. There are teens in the ministry from that church today. Why? Because there was a cost paid. You've heard stories like that. Missionaries or pastors who've the story of the death of their father or mother or son or daughter had people saved or called back to, to God. People surrendered or people were inspired by that. But I've heard some of those same ones say I would trade all that for my son or my dad or my daughter. But guess what? God doesn't ask you what you want to pay. He determines the cost. You can't say, wait a minute, God. Whoa, time out. This is too much, God. I, I, don't, know. I don't know if this is what I want. Now, you can say that all you want, but guess what? If you're going to serve God, it's going to cost you something. And you don't get to pick. Listen to me real good. At the end of this sermon, there's going to be an altar call. Don't you dare flippantly walk down that aisle and surrender your life to Christ. I'm not preaching to see how many people I can have at the altar. Y'all hear me? It, 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 it wouldn't offend me if nobody came. Because if nobody in this room is willing to pay the cost, don't, don't get up at the end. But when you come, I want you to know that when you surrender your life to Christ, it's not just something they write on the decision slip. It's not just something you share with your youth pastor to try to get him to think you're a good Christian. It's real. And it costs you something. And you can't pick the cost. So when you come in just a few moments, I want you to know it's going to cost you something. And you can't pick. A.W. Tozer said this, It's doubtful whether God can bless a man greatly until he has hurt him deeply. Did y'all hear that statement? It's doubtful whether God can bless a man greatly until he's hurt him 
deeply. There was a missionary in Asia. He went to a hostile tribe. We just had a fellow here going to, a, to Southeast Asia. And this guy went to a hostile tribe who would argue and fight. They would constantly ask the missionary, why are you here? The missionary would say, it's the will of God to tell you of Christ. The tribe would say, we don't want Christ. Don't want will of God. Don't want you. For years, the missionary continued on that trail to try to reach this tribe. One day, his 15-year-old son was sent to the marketplace, and he had been gone for a long time, and his mom was worried. The missionary went out to find his son. He couldn't find him. Late that night, as he's still on the trail of his, of his son, that missionary runs into one of the tribesmen, and the tribesman says, uh, Hey, chief, I want to see you in village. The missionary goes to the village. He enters the chief's hut. He set, they set him at a table. The chief snaps his hand. Two men bring a big burlap sack sack and set it on the table, a a, a heavy burlap sack and set it on the table. The missionary looks at the chief puzzled. The chief says, why are you here? The missionary says, it's the will of God to tell you of Christ. The chief reaches in the bag and pulls out two feet, just feet. He lays the feet on the table. The missionary looks at the feet, dirty as all feet were in that country, a little lighter than most though. And a queasy feeling hits him, not wanting to believe it. He looks at the chief again with puzzled eyes. The chief reaches in the bag and he pulls out two hands. Just hands. Immediately the missionary recognized the hands of his 15-year-old son. The missionary picked up those cold, bloody hands and held them to his face. And tears began to flow. And he looked at the chief and he said, What have you done to my boy? What have you done to my son? It's my only son. That's all I got. That's the only thing I haven't given to be here. The chief stared at him and reached in the bag and pulled out the head of his dead son and set it on the table. The missionary picked up the dead, lifeless head of his son and he began to kiss it. The chief looked at the man and he said, Still, the will of God. And that missionary stood up holding his dead son's head. He said, It is the will of God to tell thee of Christ. I wish I could tell you the chief got saved and all the tribe. But that ain't how the story goes. Number three. I said number one, there's a cost to serving God. Number two, you don't choose the cost. Number three, don't debate the cost with God. When you've surrendered your life to Christ, if He calls you to preach, or He calls you to be a missionary, or He calls you to be a pastor, or He just calls you to give your life for a year to go to Bible college. If you don't know what God, what God has for you, or what God's will is for your life, listen to me. It's not a mistake for you to say, okay, God, I'm open. I'll listen. I'll go and see if this is what you want for me. We make even greater life decisions on less. Don't fight with God when He tells you to call. You know when God told Abraham, He said, Abraham, I want, you to, I want you to sacrifice your only son. You know what the Bible says in the next verse? Early the next morning. Abraham said, yes, sir, no problem. He didn't debate the cost. I don't have time to tell you, but I have debated the cost of God's will before. And I lost. Far too many of you are debating with God on what you'll give up or what your cost is going to be. 
And you may vaguely remember that day at camp or that day at the youth conference or even here at this place or maybe in your own church that time when you surrendered your life to Christ. You may vaguely remember it. Your youth pastor may not have it wrote down. He may not constantly ask you about your call to preach. But I'll tell you something who has never, I'll tell you someone who has never forgotten. And that's God. And there's a cost to serve God. And you can't choose the cost and don't debate the cost of serving God. He remembers that day, whether you do or not. You see, now we have plans of our own. We, we have options. When we were 14 and the preacher preached and we said, Oh, I think God's calling me to the mission field. Now we're 18 and we have options. That college came or, 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 or we heard that they had this program or that program. And now, hey, the mission field is, is four years back that way. And we, did, we will not pay the cost of giving up the dream that we built our junior year or our senior year for what God wrote down and we'll never forget the decision we made when we were 14, 15, 16 years old. Are you with me this morning? I'm not preaching on rock music this morning. I'm not preaching on movies or dances or clothing. Hey, listen to me. I'm talking about next level Christianity here. Hey, listen, if you have struggles with those things, that may be a cost you have to pay. But I'm talking about far greater. I'm talking about surrendering your life to Christ. I'm talking to those who at one time surrendered. They were called. And now they're trying to change it. I'm talking to those who at one time surrendered their lives to God. Or right now God is dealing with you about surrendering your life. Maybe at your church or maybe on the way down here last night or this morning as Brother Young preached. Maybe God spoke to your heart and said, hey, I can use you. Or hey, I want you to do this or I want you to do that. I don't know how God speaks to you. But I know God does. God wants to use you to win souls, to go to the mission field, to start churches, to be the next, next Jeff Fugit, to be the next uh, uh, James Jorgensen, to be the next Derek Young, and the next Daryl Whitehouse. But all of you know this. If you go to Christian school, you hear one chapel sermon a week, three church sermons a week. If you have a Wednesday night teen program, you hear that. Plus you have Sunday school, at least six. Plus, if you go to a youth conference once a month, let's add two more sermons, times 12, that's 24. You have a lot of sermons you hear. Listen to this. Number one, it'll cost you something. Number two, you don't get to choose the cost. Number three, you can't debate the cost with God. If you debate the cost with God, God knows what it takes to get your heart totally surrendered to Him. Don't make God get your attention. Did you hear me, young person? Don't make God get your attention. You ought to come this morning and say, hey, God, here's my heart. It's yours. God, you don't have to shake me. You don't have to move me. You don't have to do anything, God, to get my attention. You've got my full attention. Show me what you want me to do, and I'll do it. By the way, God has the right to touch any part of your life he wants. He bought you. Number four. I said, number one, it will cost you something to serve God. Number two, you don't get to choose the cost. Number three, don't debate the cost with God. Number four, when you obey God, 
it will cost those who do not want to obey God more than it costs you. Here's what I mean. Those who love God and surrender their lives to Christ are honored to pay the cost. I have no qualms or quims or whatever that word is I'm trying to think of. I have no problems with the fact that I will never sell out a rap concert. Because I'm preaching at the youth conference. Amen. I have no qualms or quims or problems that I'm not an engineer because I am a preacher of the gospel. Not only am I an assistant pastor at Clays Monroe Baptist Church, I am one of God's preachers. You understand that? So I'm not trying to discourage you from serving God this morning, but I do want you to know those things that I said. It's tough sometimes because friends and sometimes even family who are not surrendered, discourage us, attack us. They don't understand our cost, and they wonder why we would be willing to pay so much for God. They don't understand our commitment. They don't support our call. They don't want us to be a preacher or be in the ministry. They worry about our money and fame and wealth and security. I'll never forget the illustration of Brother Hiles when he told his dad he was going to be a preacher. His dad beat him up, told him he didn't want him to be a preacher. Some of you maybe don't think of that kind of a treatment, but you think of a treatment sort of, sort of that one. If you told mom or dad that you were going to be a doctor, man, they would shout for the retirement package, amen? But if you tell me you're going to be a preacher, they said, look, you better pray about that. Are you serious? Was that an emotional decision? Did your preacher con you into that? Hey, I know. My mom called me two years into my Bible college career. I, I was a junior in Bible college. Mom said, when are you going to go to real college? I said, as nice as I could. Hey, Mom, I'm at a real college. I'm learning how to be a preacher. When I get out of here, I'm going to pastor a church. I'm going to serve God somehow, somewhere, some way. I'm going to preach to people. And I won my mom to Christ last year. And I baptized her. You know why? Because I wasn't afraid to follow God. And I faced that cost when she, would, when she didn't understand me breaking my CDs. And she didn't understand me being in church all the time. And she didn't understand me going soul winning and giving my money to the church. But I paid the cost. And last August I wanted to Christ. And last December I baptized her. And this week she was in church. Not everyone will be as happy as your youth pastor if you get right with God. Not everyone will be as happy as your pastor if you surrender to God's will. Some of them have their own wills for your life. But it costs to serve God. I've got another story for you. 1950, communist Romania. A pastor started an underground church. His church was raided. He was put in jail along with his parishioners. He was stripped of all of his clothes. Given only a coffee can to use for waste in his concrete dungeon. In just a few hours, he was pulled out of his cell and sat at a table, and they brought in a woman from his underground church. The guards, ten of them, mistreated the woman repeatedly and then danced on her body in hot nail boots, crushing her bones underneath. When back in his cell, he looked to God and he said, Is this your will? The next day, they brought him out again. This time, they had his Bible. They had found the highlighted passage about the Lord's Supper. 
They read that passage mockingly before pouring the contents of his coffee can on his face. And back in his cell, he pleaded with God. He said, God, is this your will? That night, he was in that cold jail cell. And he tried to cover himself with a blanket. And he heard the guards swearing. God spoke to the man and he said this. By the way, you can read this story. He said, Richard, if that jailer was Jesus Christ, would you give him your blanket? That same guard... The the missionary said, no, that man hates me. That man hates you, Lord. No, I wouldn't. Richard, if that jailer was Jesus Christ, would you give him your blanket? God, they took all my clothes. You saw what they did to that woman and me and your word. This is all I have. Richard, if that jailer was Jesus Christ, would you give him your blanket? Finally, Richard folded the blanket and threw it to the guard. The guard cursed as he grabbed the blanket, smiled, laughed, then covered himself and tried to sleep. In just a few moments, Richard felt the guard nudging him. Why did you do that? Richard said, because my God told me to. That guard immediately broke. He began to weep and he said, I want to know your God. The guard got saved. His wife got saved. Soon, 40 guards were smuggling their wives into the prison to hear Pastor Richard preach. And that preacher had a brand new congregation of 80 plus in the prison. Richard said in his book, I knew then it had cost me everything I have and everything I hold dear to keep those people out of hell. Let me tell you something. It's going to cost you to serve God. I don't know what it will be. But when you surrender your life to Christ at an altar, you're saying, God, I'll go anywhere. I'll bear anything. I'll do anything. I'll go anywhere. Would you? I don't know what your price is going to be. I don't know what your cost is going to be. But here's what I know. Number one, I know it's going to cost to serve God. I know number two, you don't get to choose the cost. I know number three, please don't debate the cost with God. And I know number four, when you obey God, those who do not obey God, will be, well, it will cost them more than it costs you. I'm almost finished. I'm not here to discourage you. I want you to know serving God is a wonderful life. But I'm a realist. And it's going to cost you. I don't know what you're going to have to pay. You may have emotional suffering. You may have physical suffering. Then again, you might live to 95 years of old, never, uh, 95 years of age, never sick, never lose a loved one, and everything's fine. But by the time you're 30... You'll know what your cost is. And you think making a decision at a youth conference when you're 15 is hard? When you get to be an adult, y'all listen to me real good. You wake up every day and you have to say to yourself, I'll pay the cost to serve God. How? Some of those things preacher preached on last night, a clean life and those things. But for some of you, you know what I'm talking about. It's far more than that. You want the power of God? You want God to use you, fill you? It costs. It costs. Now listen, I understand. I'm a youth pastor. I understand some of you. You you, you roll your eyes. You don't want to hear what I'm going to say. 
You've already got your plans. You're going to play games, live for self, satisfy self, worry about self, take care of self. You're focused on worldly fame, worldly fortune, worldly friends, and all that above God's will. I understand there's some of you in this room like that. I do. I understand. If that's what you want, don't make a decision to surrender your life. Because when you surrender your life to Christ, it's not about you anymore. It's about Him. But I also know there's some of you in here that have not took your eyes off of me. And you've listened so intently to this sermon. And you want God to use you. You meant business that day. Some of you, you meant business that day and you've fallen back a little bit. But your heart is still right and you want to do right. You want to serve God. It's you who need to decide. I'll pay the cost. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes.